You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban, writer at Mavs.com, and hubba bubba to the max enthusiast. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? You know, like bubble tape? You know what I do with bubble tape? Man, bubble tape was the worst. It's a, what? We. I always Maybe I always got it when it was too Peace old. out. I always got it when it was too old, I think, because it was just like really like it was just really brittle and like it got hard really quick. No, no. I just wasn't a fan so, of bubble tape. Wait, are you are we talking about the same bubble tape to where it comes, it comes in, in a, a little roll. circle? Yes. Yeah, it's like a real okay. it's like real tape. Do you unroll it when you eat it? Or do, you, do no, do you just bite right into it? Oh yeah. <laughs> and for the longest time I eat it all at once. The whole thing? The whole thing, that's like that's like what I do. Well, you had to do that instead it's of. It's like dipping my wife still buys it for me. Oh. All my friends dip. No, I, tra- I, I tried. I tried it. I I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. There's a couple times. I tried a couple times, and they didn't tell me when to take it out. And <laughs> I was a complete newbie about it, rook. And I got like super sick, and they thought it was the funniest thing ever. And it oh, was like straight, yeah. straight Cause, cut everything. Because if you swallow some of it, don't you get sick? I, every bit of it is nasty to me now, but uh, gross. But no, but yeah, bubble tape, man. That's like the thing. Bubble tape, big league chew, big hubba league chew. Bubba. Man. I I chew so much bubble gum. It's probably really bad. But I haven't had a cavity in like years. Huh. Interesting. I love my bubble gum. I never chew gum ever. You know what one of my favorite snacks is? I don't even know if this is a snack. So this could be. Oh, really the weird. starters had the big thing about this. Is it a snack? Like, is is a chocolate bar a snack? Yeah, that's a snack. I don't think that's a snack. No. What I like to do a lot is I like to get a bunch of bubble gum. So I'll put a whole roll of bubble tape in my mouth. Yeah. And then I'll get a tall glass of ice water, and drink ice water with the bubble gum. And then I like to chew ice with the bubble gum. There's this. This is something about it I really like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Isaac sounds like an insane person. <laughs> if this is, if you're new to the podcast, this is normal. <laughs> no, they probably shut it off by now. Like, what? is this Mavericks? Like, this is an NBA show. This is basketball? Yes, yes. This is an NBA show. This is a basketball show. But when your team is uh, is 22 and 50 with 50 losses for the first time since the late 90s, <laughs> let's go. Gosh, man, this team. Uh, yes, we are a Maverick show. Isaac and I both are credentialed to cover the team. And uh, I, I I was a little more credentialed than Isaac tonight. He did not go to the game. <laughs> no, yeah, I had some. I had to work late today. And then my wife flew out of town for a wedding. And so I had to, like, run home. And I couldn't get to the game until, like, let's, the third or fourth quarter. Let's be honest. None of that was true. You just really wanted to watch college basketball tonight. Uh, no, if I skip the Mavericks game for freaking Loyola Chicago, uh, no, they're cool. Sister, sister that, Jean, Sister Jean sister is upset Jean. at your decisions. 
No, you know, I'm, I, I do like college basketball, but I'll take NBA any day of the week. And I went to shoot around this morning, and I was going to do a story with Mitchell. And, okay, I get like five minutes from the arena, and I get a text. The Jazz will no longer have shoot around today. Oh. But it was cool anyway, and we got to we talk to Rick and stuff a lot. Let me just say this about Aaron Harrison. So, you know, they announced right before shoot around opens up for media – we get the email saying, oh, they've assigned him to a 10-day. Walk in, he's there, shooting around with the team, whatever. Okay, so Rick's asked about him after shoot-around what he thinks about Aaron Harrison. Rick's, Rick straight up says, I mean, I don't really don't know too much about the kid. I mean, he, you know, he's a two-guard, and he can shoot. <laughs> Literally, like two questions later, how he gets many, asked. How many times do you think Carlisle's been asked, "What do you think about Player X this year?" Exactly. Just like, literally, that, two that is a question later. that people ask all the time. Is just straight up. What well, do this you one think guy asked him and says he used to be a top recruit, and he's had kind of a rough path. What do you think about a guy like him coming out of college? You know, coming out of Kentucky. You know, like I said before, I I don't know much about him, and yeah, I'm just like. This is like two straight answers where you're like, I don't know. I don't know about him too much. You know, we're just bringing in another body, you know, just put on a Mavs jersey. We're going to throw you out there. I don't it's, know too much about you. It's the Mavs 10-day revolving door of science. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was funny. Dwayne Price also asked Aaron Harrison about his uh, – he's like, didn't you play in the NCAA tournament down the street in Arlington? Harrison's like, yeah. He was like, well, what do you think about that? Aaron was like, I mean, we lost, and it, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> it's like, thanks for bringing up that old, opening that old wound <laughs> in a terrible way. Yeah, everybody just started laughing, and that was it. There, there's just so many opportunities to ask questions for media, and uh, coming up with good questions is very difficult. Yeah, like he got asked, "Is there anybody on the team that's really you know helped you adjust and all this stuff?" He goes, "I mean, I've I've been here for two hours." <laughs> so he's like, I mean, I know some of the guys that helped me out a little bit. Right, that is an place, excellent but. answer. I want him to make the team forever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, welcome Aaron Harrison to Dallas. That's so great, and he got some minutes tonight. At some minutes, twenty minutes. It's like, dang, I know he was some, he was out there a lot. Uh, got some burn. So we're gonna talk. We're gonna continue to talk about the uh, Dallas versus Utah Jazz game, especially if David Locke is listening. We will talk about the Utah Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then we will uh we'll we'll just talk about random maverick stuff there's a lot of random stuff that happened with this game uh that we guys we to. gotta shorten our pods oh yeah we also do have to shorten our pods so sorry guys you're still gonna get the same amount of us but it's just gonna be stretched over a certain number of days so no more like i think our longest is an hour and 13 minutes is our longest podcast we can't do yeah. that anymore that'll be, that'll now turn into like three pods yeah, we gotta. We have to. We're under orders. We have to hover around the thirty-minute mark. Um, we might be rebels every now and then, hit forty minutes, but especially if we just forget. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes so. we just start arguing about something, and then just, like I, bubble I, tape. I look, yeah, like bubble tape. I look up, and it's been twenty minutes. So, all right. So uh, in this game, let me. Okay. So the, the Mavericks lose uh, 112 to 119. It wasn't that close, pretty much the entire thing. The entire third and fourth quarter, the Jazz were up by 20 points. And then the, the Mavericks just <laughs> – this is what they do, man. In garbage time, they just come back against all these these teams, and it's just hilarious. They scored 31 points in the fourth quarter, and uh, and the Jazz only scored 23. 
what is it about the the Mavericks crunch time like not crunch time but I guess garbage time lineup that they just keep coming back in these games? What well, I I just think I mean it's just hard. I mean it's just what they just want to. A lot of these guys are in prove it mode and they want to do the best they can. And I mean you got for instance like Doug. I mean. I, I can't say enough about how good Doug's been since he's came here and how much he's adjusted and l- really looks like a piece for the future. But, like, I mean, you put him in there, I mean, he's in this mode. He's going to be a restricted free agent. He wants to make the most money he can, so he's going to yeah. go out there and work his butt off. And he, sh- he surprised me. I'm not – like, I liked him coming in, but his defense ability and his – his driving to the hoop want, has been a lot better than I expected. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to give him the white guy, white wing thing of like surprisingly athletic, but you just never. He was he was just a shooter. I mean, that's what you always knew him for a shooter, score. But like, I feel like we've seen him get up and dunk some, and I thought he was going to throw that down on Gobert today yes. like, or tonight. Like that was wild, and so yeah, I've been super impressed with him. But you, when you just put these guys out here that are in pr- prove it mode, and you're actually running a system, then I think I mean, you're going to get something like that. So, yeah, and and they just have a really deep bench. I mean, I think what was it? I think it was either NBA Math or, or somebody put out a a chart of like where the you know the best benches are in the league, and it was just a chart where it, it was basically split up into four quadrants. Like one of them was was good good defense, good offense. Another one was like good good offense, bad defense, and so on. And then the bottom left corner was bad offense, bad defense. And they just did it. I think they did it by, you know, offensive rating, defensive rating, and other kind of metrics they took. And uh, the Mavericks were like with all these playoff teams <laughs> in the good offense, bad, or the good offense, good defense area. Because this this team has had a really, really good bench because they've decided to, to play some of these younger players. They've decided to do something a little different and playing Dirk at five to start the games. And when they've been doing that, they they throw some of their guys on the bench, and that bench unit was so 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 good, and it's still pretty good uh, when JJ does come off the bench. By the way, that's something that makes you sad that you like JJ and even Devin before he got traded, and even looking at like Doug coming off the bench now, like these these got this would be like a so great of a second unit of a playoff team. If this team had and, had two superstars, they'd be an NBA championship team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like which is like JJ. a huge thing to say. Like if this team. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean their their bench unit. Like how? Okay, just take it for what it is. How many playoff teams would like to trade their bench for the Mavericks bench right now? Like that. That's yeah. yeah. Like that's the, the thing. I mean, definitely I the like Thunder. Definitely the Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you see what J. I mean, JJ Barea is having his best season, arguably Gosh, his best season. That's what I was gonna say. Thirty-three years old. The guy scored twenty points at halftime. Uh, he, I mean, he is playing. He is a, He is the gr- maybe the greatest old man game <laughs> you can have. Just like doesn't really get off the floor very much. Kind of you know stays low. You know, pun intended. And uh, it's just really craftier on the basket. He did get annihilated by Rudy Gobert tonight, though. <laughs> he should have done the spin around thing that he did the other night, uh, where he goes to the basket with his right hand, but then he does a like a three sixty in the air, like and backwards. Then, yeah, and comes in and does the. Uh, I guess it's a one eighty, right? Because if he does the lay, he goes forward and he does the layup backwards. Yeah, but uh, with his right hand still. Uh, but yeah, he just got swatted out of bounds. Gobert probably should have kept that inbounds, but you know he does what he can. Oh. Yeah, because it's so bad. 
when you block it out of bounds. Yeah, you just shouldn't block it out of bounds. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I feel like I've said this a thousand times, but Melvin Hunt said earlier in the year when we were to, doing a story, a story with him, and he said, J.J. Bredge, as much of a, of a freak of an athlete as somebody like Giannis and Anthony yeah. Davis and stuff like that, and people don't think about it like that, but what he does for his size at his age and for so long, it's, I mean, it's just remarkable. I mean, you just never see it, and we, even local media and especially national media, take someone like him and his career for granted. And, yeah, I mean, I wrote a piece earlier in the season, and a lot of people disagree with it, saying that, I think he's going to get his jersey retired, and I think he should. Yeah, I I don't know about that. I think I'm against. I think I'm against that, but you can no, be no, right no, about I'm, it. I'm all for. I'm all for that. When it's all said and done, if he plays next year, he's going to be in like top four, top five games played. You, I think he can play a couple more seasons. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Oh, I I think he, he plays could too. like. I mean, let's see. He's 33 now. He plays to 35, 36. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, he he's under contract for another year. I think they'll just play it, by, play it then, and then give him the Dirk treatment if he wants. But will yeah, they, I mean, will I th- they play it by ear or play it by year? How does that go? Don't mess with me, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing I wanted to talk about in this game is, uh, <laughs> so I'm trying to find the play. It was in the, uh, it was late in the third quarter when. Uh, Ricky Rubio was was taking the ball on the right wing. He drove towards the uh, the right elbow, and Salah Mejri was guarding him. Then Rubio puts the ball up in the air, and Salah fouls him. And then Salah's left arm is still up in the air. I tweeted this gif out. You can follow me at Nick Van Exit. And he has his arm straight up in the air, and then his hand comes right down, right on top of Ricky Rubio's head, and kind of pats him on the head. And Ricky Rubio has like this man bun, like with long hair kind of situation going on. It's a it's a, a highly talked about situation. His hair is is highly talked about within the uh, the Utah Jazz. So you have a pretty fun. They're pretty fun follow on social media with uh, Donovan Mitchell, Gobert, and Joe Ingles, and and a lot of those guys. And uh, so so I tweeted that out and said, I'm going to ask Salah how soft Rubio's man bun is. And so I went in the locker room. And uh, first thing, I look at Salah. He's putting on a suit and tie. He's putting on a straight up suit and tie. The guy's uh, gonna have some fun tonight. <laughs> putting that on, I'm going. Uh, I said, "Hey, what does Rubio's hair feel like?" And he just laughed at me. He goes, "Uh huh, sticky." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Salah! So great. And I was like, "It's not soft or anything." He's like, "No, he puts too much stuff in it." <laughs> I didn't know he put it up in a man bun until tonight. I yeah. thought it was just always slick back. No, it's he's got the whole the whole the whole package really what Ricky Rubio has. Also, he, he, he was hitting like it from the, three tonight. <laughs> what is up with that? Go figure. He kinda looks like my two K player back when I would like create my myself on two K. With the hair? Yeah, like the hair and the beard and tats and it's like yeah. You'd go with okay. the, you'd go all out with the tats and everything? Oh, dude, I would spend hours putting tats on my dude, like strategically place them on his back and all, like, all this different stuff. Oh, that's weird. Um, I want to plug something I wrote because I'm really big on Mo Bamba, obviously. We played Rudy Gobert tonight, and Rose Sunland came out today. Go check it. It's on my Twitter. But I basically just talked about how Bamba could be 
Dallas's version of, of Rudy Gobert and how that's a, a really good thing because Rudy Gobert, I think, gets a little overlooked. And that's really been been a kind of a topic over the past couple of days, but is he a top 10 player in the league? I've seen a lot of people didn't talking about it and stuff. So in the piece, I threw different stuff from Andy Bailey, um, David Griffin, old Jazz uh, GM, talked to some about it, about, about about Rudy Gobert and his like impact, um, and kind of how it's overlooked and stuff. But I just talked about how Bamba and I, I took Draft Express profile of Gobert coming out in 2013. And then I took Bamba right now, and it's crazy how similar they are from measurements to strengths to weaknesses and everything. And just the fact that he's 20 years old, Dennis Smith Jr. is 20 years old, imagine them coming up together. And I even drew a comparison back to Tyson Chandler and Chris Paul back in the New Orleans Hornet days Hmm. and how when Chandler came to Hornets, he was 24. Chris Paul was entering his second season. They had this dynamic, young, you know, point guard, big relationship, all this different stuff, and how that could be a Bamba, Dennis Smith Jr. thing. And and here's something else to remember. Rudy Gobert's had a crazy start to his career, five years that have been outstanding. And his starting point guards have almost rotated every year. Yeah, yeah. From Trey Burke, Raul Neto, George Hill, Ricky Rubio <laughs> – um, like there's a couple other guys, Dante Exum. Like I was looking at all five years and who is his starting point guards. And to some people that don't matter, but when it comes to a guy like him, it, I, you know, imagine what he would be like if he had Chris Paul's whole career so far. So then I yeah. look at and look at Bomba and like, what if he grows up with Dennis Smith Jr. The same point guard, what we think could be an elite point guard. So anyway, I'm all in on Bomba. Obviously I am, but I really think he could be. Rudy Gobert 2.0, and he could have a better or higher ceiling than Gobert because Bama shot 51 threes in college. Now, they only made like 14, 15 of them, but at least he's comfortable with them, and it's a part of his game that I think he can get better at. So, And when Gobert doesn't shoot at all. Not at all. And also, by the way, somebody, I think it was Mavs Highlights, tweeted that he said, why doesn't, I don't understand why a, a team doesn't post up all the time when Dirk and Dwight Powell are your, your front court that they're going against. And I just tweeted him the, the stats. You know, Gobert on post-up attempts is <laughs> 0.76 points per possession for post-ups. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not horrible, but it's not really good either. Like the best, the best players in the league are like 1, 1.2, 1.3. Something yeah, like but that. you don't have to. That That's the thing. And, can we get into my hot take th- today, or now, or oh, later? Yeah, in, well, in, ju- later? In, in just a second. So okay. So like, he doesn't really. And do you th- do you think it would be fair to say that Bamba is also more mobile than Rudy Gobert? I think a little bit. There's a little bit more girth to Gobert, he, yeah, but Bamba is definitely way lighter than him right now. That kind of helps. But but it, but we're also talking five years in Gobert, and Gobert's put a lot of time and improvement, and he's put on weight to his body. To where Bamba, you know, give him five years and he could be that too. So, that I really, I really, really want it. Really I'm in. Bad. I'm in on him. I, I'm. The more we look at this class, and we've talked way too much about it, but do you know Bamba went to the Sloan season. Sports Conference Did analytics he? conference? He went for two years in a row, and he even like wrote about it, talking about why, like how much it meant to him. Even took his sister the second year, went to these different seminars, all this stuff. He took his unofficial visit to Harvard. He traveled to China. He announced his college decision on the Players' Tribune, and the piece was like very, very well written. 
I mean, I know they have an editor and stuff, but still, like, not all players do that. Anyway, he's he's more than just like on the court. He's a well put together dude. Interesting, interesting. I'm in. I'm in on him. Also, watching Rudy Gobert again tonight just reminded you like how much, <laughs> how different it is to play with a real rim protector. There, it just changes yeah. the whole dynamic of your defense, and uh, it it changes it changes so much because everybody's de- deterred from going to the rim or even getting close to the rim. Or even like JJ Brea, he goes, he's you know fearless, and so he goes in and tries, and then just gets swatted, and that just changes the whole thing because people get nervous. You have younger guys that are like, oh, do I want to go in there and try to challenge him? You know, he's such a good shot blocker. It just it changes so much, and the Mavs haven't had that in I don't know years. Yeah, I mean that. I mean we joked about it the other day, like he would be the Tyson Chandler starter kid, except he's he's bigger and he's longer and I mean everything with that and they would just have time to develop that and so yeah I mean that's why I have him at three I just he has that elite potential of rebounding shot blocking and all that stuff so I'm all about that can you give me your hot take quick okay so here was the thing and it plays into what we were talking about that's why I was going to go into it a while ago of what you don't need the post-up thing so I would take Robert Williams over Wendell Carter Jr. Okay. Is that is that so I, I didn't know if it's hot take ish. So I put it on Twitter. I was like, is this hot take ish? Pretty much I don't care because I'm in this camp. And a lot of people came at me at, after it, obviously, because Carter people love Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's all about and I was texting with another draft guy that is very educated in the draft um, that may or may not have been on our podcast texting him about it. And he was saying the same thing as far as like in today's game, like Robert Williams fits like what the center role is in today's game, like in this rim rolling rebounding defense, everything with that And Wendell Carter. I don't want to feel like I'm bashing him because I'm not, but He's more of a grounded guy. Like Robert Williams is closer to DeAndre Jordan and Clint Capella than Wendell Carter Jr. is to Al Horford at all. Like that's my thing. Like Wendell Carter Jr. is 260 pounds. Like getting him to, yeah, he might have, and this is, and it kind of goes down to why I put Bamba over Jaron Jackson. Wendell Carter Jr. might have the better overall game, but I think Robert Williams can excel a little bit more in some of these roles that everyone wants in a center right now. Robert Williams can will catch oops and throw it down with authority. Robert Williams will go across the lane and swat a shot with you know all the energy. This one dude rubbed me today and said he had low energy. I'm like, he's two-time SEC player of the year, <laughs> defensive player of the year, low energy. Did you watch him against Carolina? Like, like I'm like, what? And so, like, anyway, so – I just think I would take him over Wendell Carter Jr. And that's – it will reflect in my in my next – Charks had a great piece today. If you haven't got to read it yet, he, he wrote all about Robert Williams and how people are overlooking him and how he had hype last year. He's came in these first two games of the tournament, and he just blew it up. And I don't know. I just think that what Williams brings to the table – you can fit with almost every team compared to 
this playmaking window carter guy that is 260 he's not gonna be chasing across the paint jumping up skying he's not gonna be catching oops all the time he's more of and you know i threw this out on the podcast with sharks and he laughed and he was like no he's not there because carter's better defensively but there's shades of jaleel okafor in window carter for me like that's that's my worry. That's my thing. He he has a bad and look at their college stats. They're not all that crazy of a difference. He he blocks a little bit higher at a rate than Jaleel Okafor did, but rebounding and stuff like in their scoring, it's just that part worries me. That somebody will fall in love with his mid range shot, his pick and roll playmake type of thing, and think he's going to be the next Al Horford when he could lean to a Jaleel Okafor. And Sharks and the draft class thing, the ringer thing. Did yeah. you have you listened to that? Yeah. yeah. About, and did you remember the four names he threw out for comparisons? It wasn't Al Horford. He threw out David West, uh, Jared oh, Sullinger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like these are names. So like that's the thing. Like some people. Have just really, really got all aboard the window Carter thing. I mean, one of my friends from back home tweeted at me today after I said that and said he thinks he's like top five. I'm like, no, yeah, no, no. But anyway, yeah, I th- I'm in that camp. I would take Robert Williams over Carter. I don't think that's a hot take, especially like at this point, you're talking about the 10th to 15th players in the draft, right? How... Like you look at past drafts, how many times is that such a muddled, like muddy group where you have like your Donovan Mitchells, but then you also just have these like random guys that never play in the league ever. You know, like your your Papa yeah. Giannis type of player, like that'll play in the league but just don't don't make it. You know, it just it it seems like that area is it just gets so great. The top of the draft usually it's either you know feast or famine. You get like a really good player, you get a kind of a, a bust type guy, but then that middle. It's a little, little more muddy. Sometimes you get some solid players. Sometimes it's you know stars. Sometimes it's a lot of times it's just busts. So the the order I think people get wrapped up in too much because we love rankings, but you also have to look but at a what, lot of people you also have to look at what a team needs. We we talked we've talked a lot about you know whichever five you get depends on the four, right? Like if we get you know if you're wanting to get Bagley and play him as a as a five or or even as a four it you're very dependent now on whoever you pair him with in the front court. Same with, you know, these other guys. Yeah. And well, the problem with that is a lot of people and why I'm saying it and why I think it could be a, you know, when I said it on Twitter, you know, all these people started coming at me about it and disagreeing with me. I didn't really have anybody that agreed with me, but (laughs) because people, because people are putting right now, people are putting Carter in that top group. People are putting Carter over Bagley right now. And, even on that one that one ringer podcast they mentioned about going back to the beginning of the year when coach K went to the zone it was when they were playing like St. John's and somebody else in back-to-back games and they were putting Carter in pick and rolls like and then coach K is like hold up we can't do man to man man to man we got to go to the zone yeah. and like that's the thing that worries you if you right now I mean we're talking about college like normally players are going to add muscle get a little bit heavier when they get into the league stuff like that so that's my only thing. If you're if you're saying they're in the same group, I'm fine with that. But some people are putting Carter in that Bagley Porter, like five to seven eight ish group, and I I just I can't do that. And I he's in that next tier for me, if you know what I mean. Like yeah, and I I would put Robert Williams over him in that next tier. I would really like to ask somebody that like really scouts these guys that really like watches every single game and you know gets into all the, the footage and stuff that 
is did did Duke go to that zone? Because it's I mean it's pretty pretty public knowledge now that they decided to go to that zone. Uh, did they go because of the because Carter couldn't anchor a defense, or because playing with Bagley he couldn't do it like by himself? You know what I mean? Like I think it's more to do with Carter than Bagley for sure. Yeah, and so if he can't, because, if he's not going to be able to anchor a defense in college, then I'm not sure what you're getting if the like if the Mavericks take him. Then you're like, we're you know the Mavericks have been waiting for like a defensive center, somebody that can actually come in and help their defense. And exactly, they're not going to get it. That's why, like, if they if they play man right now, if another team, if the opposing team has any decent quick point guard, they're just isoing it out and bringing up a ball screen at the top of the key and saying, see it. Like if you have a center or even like kind of sometimes a forward that can't play defense, it's almost like a guard that can't shoot at this point yeah. in the NBA. You know, like that's how much you're, you're like, like uh, what is it? Hamstringing? What's the word? That's how much you're, uh, you're like uh, handicapping, I guess you're. Yeah, your handicapping, yeah. But I like the David West comparison. Like I, I, I'm all about that. Yeah. It's just some people think he's Al Horford. But then I, you got like an old school four now. <laughs> you got Jaleel Okafor. Well, no, Okafor is a five, but <laughs> but like that's my that's my thing. He's better defensively than Okafor. Like he has, like he can block shots and has the defensive instincts. I still can't believe he's not doing anything right now. Like he went to the Nets Okafor. and just like disappeared. Yeah, I was so excited for him. Maybe Brooklyn has this like secret thing, and they're like, no, he's gonna blow up, but they didn't want him to blow up and be out of their price range. Do you know? Every time we wish that there's a secret thing with a player, it's just never ever true. That's that you know what? Right? Like <laughs> unless there's people that are like Jeremy Lin truthers that were always like, "Man, dude's gonna blow up. Dude's gonna blow up someday. He's gonna blow up." <laughs> and uh, he blew up. All right, I'm gonna we're gonna end with this: the Rick Carlisle quote of the night. Oh, bring it, Rick! Joe Ingles is the best three point shooter in the league. They really? He said that. Did he say that? Yeah, by percentage he is. Yeah, we can just end the pod. <laughs> he also <laughs> these are some other things I, I tweeted out on Mavs Moneyball. He also said our shot making was our deodorant tonight. That was his analogy <laughs> that he made about that. He also said that Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be back at some point this season, reasonably soon. So we will- I heard this morning pretty soon. Like really soon. So the next but. game, the next game that the Mavericks play is Saturday. Saturday yeah. against the the Hornets. We will probably not do another show until Monday, so you guys can check back in there. We might do one over the weekend. We'll see. We'll see how mm-hmm. we're we'll see how we're feeling on Saturday. Watch some watch some March Madness craziness went down tonight. Gonzaga, Kentucky, both lost. Who should people uh, be watching for tonight, Friday night, and then going into the weekend? Yeah, I mean, you get Michael Bridges on Friday night. Um, I was talking to some people today this morning, shoot around, and just throwing names out there. It's like, hey, who do you, who would you want in Dallas? Just among media and stuff. They said two people, only two people, Luca or Michael Bridges. <laughs> this one person, and that's like, random. Yeah, and they're like, some people are all about him, and we're all about him too. I mean, I thought I was a truther of Michael Bridges. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all eyes are going to be on him Friday night. Duke plays Friday night, so obviously watch Carter and Bagley. Um, but there's other guys in there, too, like Wagner today for Michigan. I mean, dude killed it. And, I mean, Michigan beat A&M, Robert Williams, and then they beat them by, like, 20. And they're going to be facing up Florida State on Saturday. Watch them. Wagner's like a German kid that 
is like 6'11". People want to bring up the whole Dirk stuff. And uh, Dirk's a fan of him. I saw somebody say he's an athletic Dirk. I just just wanted to close my laptop at that point. I know. I quote tweeted this dude. (laughs) I quote tweeted him with the little like Sherlock Holmes thing of like, Really? Oh, that was you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, man. And the dude retwe- retweets me back and says, I can't see the emoji, but you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how do you even know? <laughs> My device is too old for me to be able to see this this emoticon, whatever it is. But yeah, there's there's just some second round prospects in there that you want to keep an eye on. At this point, that's pretty much all you're going to be watching. We cannot end the pod without saying, without talking about without mentioning without bringing up the fact that oh crap the memphis grizzlies lost oh 140 to 79 they they let the hornets the charlotte hornets that is they're not like a great offense they let the charlotte hornets score 140 points on them if you get beat by 60 you should get fined 600,000 if the team that you're playing almost doubles you up. Like, they are nine points away from doubling them up. That's just dumb. I mean, what Memphis is doing right now is just... Fan base is loving it. They're like, oh, give us Luka, but... Yeah, that's beyond... Not about that. I'm I'm believing that there's some karma with this. I don't, I don't know what it's going to be, but, man. Kemba did have four, just, Kemba did have forty six, but the rest of his without okay. This is how bad the Grizzlies are. Kemba had forty six. If he didn't play, the Hornets still would have won. <laughs> and in this, you quote tweeted a guy, and that reminds me, there was a reporter in Memphis that literally put oh, the yeah. players on blast for not acting like they cared about losing after the game. Don't give me no bullcrap about the players not caring about the game if the whole franchise doesn't even want to win a game. If the franchise doesn't want to win a game and the coaching staff doesn't want to want, want to win a game, the GM and the owner and all that stuff, don't get mad at the players for not caring about it after the game. They know they're not stupid. They're just like all of us. They know that they don't want uh, want them to win. So that I, that stuff pisses me off. Don't blame the players. This is this is where we get into a huge conversation. But I called them. I quote tweeted it, and he said Memphis players, and I said Memphis rentals because the, like these players are not like a lot of these are not Memphis players. Like these guys, even like a Tyreek Evans is gonna be probably gone after this season. He's gonna go somewhere else. Uh, just a lot of these guys are going to go elsewhere and they're going to, they're going to find home somewhere else. So, all right, we've already gone even longer than we were supposed to go guys. Thank you so much for listening to lockdown Mavs. We really appreciate it. Woo. 22 and 50. This is what it feels like. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. We have a couple weeks left. We only have four home games left. Isaac. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. But Saturday, Next game, Charlotte, Kemba. Maybe they'll score 150. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the pod. Peace out. Boom.